0: And welcome to the SAMA podcast, the CEO edition. We talk to the smartest leaders and executives in B2B about how they lead their companies through turbulent times, become trusted advisors to their most important customers, and prepare their organizations for the future. I'm Denise Fryer, SAMA's president and CEO. Well, welcome back to the... SAMA CEO podcast series. I'm happy to say that my guest today is Sharon Berkman, the chairman and CEO of Berkman International. And that's a behavioral and occupational assessment company that helps leaders achieve higher performance through better understanding of those interpersonal dynamics. Now to say that her passion for the subject is in her DNA, Sounds like an exaggeration, but actually it isn't. That's because her father was Dr. Roger W. Berkman, a pioneer in the field of industrial organizational psychology. Now, Sharon's most recent book is called Creatures of Contact, Why You Need More Than Just a Personality Test. And I can't wait to talk to her about the connection between personality and leadership ability, and specifically how it pertains to the strategic account leadership. So Sharon, welcome to the SAMA podcast series. I am honored and delighted to be here today. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, Sharon, tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do, your experiences here.
1: Well, as you mentioned, uh, my parents were the ones that created this instrument back in the late 1940s and early 1950s. Last Friday, we celebrated our 70th anniversary as a corporation, and uh, I actually had no plans to be part of Berkman because my plan was to work in the arts, and so all my training, my master's degree is actually in music, so, and uh, what happened is that when I was in my 40s and had was just about finished raising my three children, I started realizing that uh, my, my My one and only sister out in California, and I needed to be thinking about what happens when my parents are no longer on site, and we need to think about the future of this of this company and this assessment, which we were so immersed in it it always was something that was part of the dinner table conversation it was really it was part of our DNA, and we cared deeply about it, but neither one of us saw us being a CEO. And then I started coming in daily just to learn more about the lay of the land and what questions to ask and how to think about helping my, my mom and dad come up with a good succession plan. And after a few years of that, I realized I really was loving it and, and and just thriving in this whole new career. So, uh, by 2002, when, um, my dad was looking for a new CEO. I very audaciously suggested myself. And uh, he said, I'll talk to your mom about that. And in next thing you knew, I was on a, an even steeper learning course Learning about business and all the kind of nuts and bolts of the day to day. How do you be an effective leader of a company when you really never aspired to run a business, but this is now the legacy you have? And it, it was, it's actually been an amazing 20 years for me. It'll be 20 years next
0: April. Wow, that is amazing. I bet your parents were delighted to have you come <laughs> in and carry on the business. It must have been really unique to have a woman. Be approaching a CEO role at that time.
1: Well, I literally lived through the transition because when I was in middle school, uh, all the girls were taught sewing and cooking because that's what our future was going to be, you know. And that uh, it never dawned on me growing up that that a female would lead Berkman International, because at that time. All the leaders were men in business. You know, all the Supreme Court was nothing but men. You know, it just never. There were no women governors of states yet. But what what was amazing is that by the time uh, 2002 rolled around, there were now some women breaking that glass ceiling. But still, when I when I went up to take the the class at Harvard, which was called OPM Owner Present Management Course. We had, they were so proud of the fact that out of 127 attendees, 12 of us were female. And they said, that's remarkable, because when this started 36 years ago, there were zero women. And each year they get one or two more. And so they thought, this is our biggest year yet. Well, now I think that's numbers double, triple, at least and now we all know that um you know the the girls of today that are like my daughters now you know in their 20s are saying and and 30s are going they don't see limits anymore so
0: let's say a little bit about the background of berkman and how that whole concept of assessing personality and social perceptions how that all came about
1: Uh, one of the things that my dad noticed he wanted he always knew he wanted to be in a service kind of role, and he wanted to help people. And when he was flying his missions during the Second World War as pilot of a B-17, he described how when the, the crew would come back from each of the missions and describe that it was a mandatory debrief they had, he started to notice how each man on his crew in these life and death situations would see or perceive the different events through their own lenses and i think that actually started to plant the seeds of him realizing that how we see self and others is really a significant part of how we learn to get along with and communicate with other people and that's why in a way the title of the book is why you need more than a personality test you need a perceptual
0: analysis as well And I can't imagine how important that must have been in those circumstances.
1: Absolutely. These men knew that there was a one in two chance they would not return alive. And he went up 19 times. When he came back to the States, he talked for a while for the Air Force, and then he completed his master's in social psychology and felt that that radical, exciting new field was exactly the way he wanted to go. He then started interviewing people in the workplace. From these interviews, he began to fashion items, what we call items or questions, that tell you in the end an amazing amount of really important information about what motivates people. So every time I sit down for a Berkman conversation, we talk about how they see people in the context of everybody else in our database that includes millions of people. We talk about how we're similar and how we are uniquely different. Each of us is uniquely different from everybody else. But what we see is that even when the traits look similar, each person has their own story. And each one, as we say, wears those scores differently because they come from a different place and they have a different life experience. And so while human beings are remarkably similar in so many ways, we're all snowflakes and we're all very different
0: for sure and and i'll say even though being a strategic account manager is not a life or death situation it is certainly an extremely important role for an organization in dealing with your key clients so i'd like to know how these assessments can help those in a sales role Mm. how they can you know help the sam and working with different types of people
1: i think that's Critical. We they may not be literally life and death, like like mm-hmm. shooting down the planes, but it can be the life or death of an account or uh, an opportunity to work with a major corporation that that may impact the future of the company they're working with. So that said, I think for anyone in a persuasive or a sales role, the intuitive ability to be more understanding of what that individual is looking for, what they need is absolutely key. If you miss those cues and if you don't really kind of have a sense of how even the personalities are linked to many times to the job description or the industry, once you understand that, you have a much better opportunity to know what they're perceiving and what they need and to in terms of maintaining and indeed really growing and enhancing that relationship.
0: You know, as I think about what Berkman may measure, and I'd like to to talk about that a little bit, I'm also thinking about even though you learn things about yourself, does it help you recognize in your clients different personality styles or traits or behaviors to help you sell better to them?
1: ideally yes it does if the person really takes it to heart and and understands what it's saying about them they are much more able to see there's a bigger world out there beyond my own perceptions if that makes sense so what we do is on each of our nine behavioral or interpersonal traits we call them berkman components we look at a spectrum of 1 to 99 and we also know that because people are indeed complex and, and fascinatingly complicated. We, we look at how the, the way I show up is positive, productive to get the job done, and I have underlying needs. You know, ideally you would have your client fill in a Berkman questionnaire and then you'd have it all right there in front of you in colorful language and black and white. If that's not possible, I see in our own sales team, when they're learning more about each other and themselves, they are far more capable of figuring out intuitively what they are probably hearing and seeing in clients, even if they don't have the
0: luxury of those metrics in front of them. You know, and I imagine if you are approaching something in the wrong way, you could potentially lose that sale or lose that client.
1: Oh, absolutely. Here's a case in point. We hired a, a new salesperson who'd worked in a completely different industry. And uh, his style was in, in Berkmanese, very, very red, very expeditious, just cut to the chase. No, don't mess around, You know, just straight to the issues. And what he didn't realize is that while that may have worked when he was in the military previously, and then in his other industry, It didn't work in selling a product like ours, which is really all about, um, you know, the sort of, if you will, the sort of touchy feely side of relationships and how teams can really understand and communicate more successfully, build better trust, have more clarity, uh, more psychological safety. All those things were brand new concepts to the salesperson. And now this, he was sales. He wasn't strategic account management. By contrast, our more seasoned young lady, she's had many years of experience in sales, and she was able to harness that from now, it's just in her fourth year at Berkman. I saw the difference in how quickly they could get the, the account they were managing to feel comfortable and be on their side when they were factoring in these interpersonal aspects of the relationship
0: you know i think that is so true i see it in my personal life as well as my business life in really how to deal with different people and their different reactions so i understand that your new book creatures of contact i'd like you to say more about what the book covers and and how we how you address the personality assessment there Sure, I'm gonna back up just a few years.
1: Sure. My first book, I did it with a Wall Street Journal senior editor who's still in New York at the Wall Street Journal named Stephanie Caparell. And Stephanie had done a really wonderful book on leadership using Sir Edmund Shackleton as the, uh, as the topic and talked about how what he did keeping that team alive in Antarctica gave us leadership lessons. And we followed that same model in writing about Berkman in a book that came out in 2013 called The Berkman Method, Your Personality at Work. And this was an unabashed sales of the Berkman Method itself. You know, it was success stories around how it could be applied in all these different ways. Uh, and then in 2016, we made some cosmetic changes and some and, and while the content was the same, we changed some of our terminology. And And I realized, there was still another book I wanted to write just for myself and that was the the creatures of contact why you need more than a personality test is really has a double meaning so one meaning is that we at Berkman like my, my dad never really liked being called a personality test for two reasons one it's measuring more than just personality it's measuring occupational interest and it's measuring underlying motivational needs that recharge us, as well as our external, how do we show up in personality. So there's that. But the other big reason that I called it that is that the Berkman metrics and the Berkman data only comes alive when a human being has a conversation about it with another human being. Now, this is a lot of what strategic account managers do. They have to really maintain that relationship in a powerful way. When a human sits down and connects the dots on a Berkman assessment, that's when it starts to really shine and come alive. But until then, it's just information on a piece of paper or on a
0: digital screen. And in the book, I take it you go through some of these connections and the importance of that connection well actually
1: denise the book came out march the 10th 2020 and i was with done with forbes and they were very proud of the fact that they were going to put it up on the screen at times square but by that time new york had just gone into quarantine so so it was a pretty quiet Times square that day but no no problem really it is a way to say that social Human relationship connection is vital to our very survival. We cannot, as humans, live in isolation. It's the worst thing you can do to a human being is to throw them in solitary confinement. And yet, over this last year, many people felt like they were in a version of that. And so, what I say in the book is human social connection, especially the healthy kind, is what keeps us alive and thriving. And when that's missing, and it's it, they were saying loneliness is like uh, smoking 15 packs a day of cigarettes. It's that mm-hmm. detrimental to your health. And so That's- I think you know what what it's it. The premise is that social connection is important, and a secondary part of that is that being able to understand that more fully with an assessment or an instrument like the Berkman can be a one way to deepen those relationships and make them more trusting
0: and more effective. I have to admit I think we have all learned how important a human connection was yes. if they didn't believe it before they ser- we all certainly understand it now. Right I wrote that book in 2019 by the way so now, so you wrote the book in 2019 then we had the pandemic would there be anything different now that you would write or say in the book post pandemic For me personally it was it was a
1: kind of head spinning feeling of being upside down for a bit, we had hybrid uh, certification training for people learning to do and, and be Berkman professionals. And it consisted of uh, eight hours online and then three days in person uh, doing exercises as a group. We had been thinking for years that it had definitely mandated that in-person time, but during COVID, there was no choice. We had to go virtual i was amazed it was it was difficult for me initially to accept that because i missed the 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 fact that i would get to meet people in person when they would come to the office or i'd fly to wherever they were going to be so, you know i have to confess it was not an easy pivot but we also learned that when when the situation demands it it is doable and so I think what we're now living in this new hybrid world where uh, where when you get to be with people, it's now a luxury instead of an, an ordinary daily kind of event. Uh, and, and it it probably takes on even a greater importance than before. And technology gives us the opportunity, like our science team. They were they were coming in on the screen from New Zealand and Europe and South America. And and I thought, wow, this is amazing. We have now in our world the opportunity to to really leverage both of those in the most incredible way.
0: It's so true, Sharon. It really is the good side of what happened is all these other resources and skills you can bring to the table. Exactly. And so I think now if if a strategic
1: account manager has the opportunity to actually fly somewhere and meet them in person, it's a very special, very valuable thing before it was like, okay, well, that's what you do. (laughs) And now it's, you know, when we know that zoom is the option, it's convenient. And maybe you can get more connection
0: more regularly. But if you do get to meet in person, it is so special. As we close out here, I think we probably now all get the importance of a human Mm. connection. How might you apply that specifically to sales? Anything unique that we should walk away with here? well you know for
1: me personally people that are gifted at sales generally they they're in that category of they love people they love connections with people and they're friendly and outgoing in most cases and really thrive on talking to people i think that once a a smart salesperson or account manager understands how we're we are differently wired and that means some people want to hear about the numbers. Others want to hear about more the human uh, intangible side of things. Others want to know more about how does this affect my production and the bottom line? You know, that, that we have different focuses of needs as we deal with different clients. And of course, each industry has to be learned. So I think once a, a salesperson is already good at people, once they have a little bit more of this ammo, I think they can be even more effective in managing those
0: strategic accounts. That's excellent and well put because we do need to understand, especially in a virtual environment, Mm -hmm. how do we effectively get the point across? We, we don't have the same kind of time that we've had in the past.
1: Exactly. And you know, the neuroscientists are saying the brain doesn't quite fire the same way on a screen as it does sitting at a table together. And that's why historically, you know, when uh, they used to say when an enemy can sit down and have a meal in a conversation with someone, it oftentimes creates that that relationship that dispels the, the problem. And so often I think I'm guessing, because I'm not one, but the strategic account managers are literally trying to make sure they solve the problem before it becomes a bigger problem.
0: For absolutely, partner. being and proactive is yeah, one of the yes. Things. And if it's
1: harder to get body language, or you know, yes, you get it to a point on a screen, but I don't think people feel the same in most cases, quite the same relaxed comfort level that they can in person. Therefore, that kind of intuition and responsiveness becomes even more vital to maintaining that relationship. That
0: is so true. Well, before we wrap up, was there any final words that you wanted to share with our audience? Oh, golly. I think, well, of course
1: I would love for people to want to read the book, but I'd love it even more if they would contest at berkman.com and learn more about how we can help them become even more
0: powerful in their strategic account management role. Oh, Thank you so much, Sharon. And by the way, in the notes here, we do have links for the book and for the website. So the audience has an ample way of getting back to you. So Sharon, I so appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us at SAMA. Thank you, Denise. It was a pleasure.